What is up, No Nation? It's the guys from Plant the Spear here to break down this 2024 Florida State football schedule that has officially been released. Only took a few days with the ACC the way they do it, but we finally got it. I mean, of course, we already knew our opponents. Now we know the order, and it does make a difference. And to be honest, Michael, I got to say, man, I thought we were going to get you know, with everything that's been going on behind the scenes with, with FSU and the ACC, I thought we were going to get like the ultimate screw job. You know, <laughs> I thought you'd get like six road games in a row, Clemson and all that stuff. I think they actually did Florida State pretty straight up on this one. I, I yeah. think this was a pretty decent schedule for them. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it, man, because I, I think this is going to set us up for a, a good season in 2024. But, you know, before we get into it, how are you, my friend? And thank you for joining me. I'm doing great. Hey, we're in 2024. We're, we're past all the... 2023 is in the mirror. Oh, what what a great season. What a terrible ending. But now we're ready to to talk about what is 2024 and the schedule. I'm excited uh for the schedule. I think uh I think this sets up well for FSU to to continue the climb and and be uh incredibly successful, man. I I I, I the schedule sets up very well for Florida State. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, it's funny like when again we knew the opponents already. And then sometimes you just worry a little bit about how things shake out as far as the order of operations go, because I think it does make a difference. And there were some things in there. Like I, I we were talking before the show. I think if I had to give this schedule a rating between say one and 10 on a number scale, I'm probably falling somewhere between a seven and eight, as far yeah. as favor favorability to us, how much I like it. You know, yep. there's a couple of things in here that I, I would change. Um, the first thing I will mention is guys, keep in mind that the NCAA is moving to a two by week schedule, uh, going forward, but we have a week zero game. So that means that you get a third by week this year. That's right. So that is something just to keep in mind with the game over in Ireland. But I think again, that, you know, when you look at knowing that you get the bye weeks and how everything sets up, if. The, we'll talk about the schedule in general first, and then we're going to go into a game-by-game -game kind of preview of each team. So looking at the overall thoughts, here's some of the notes that I took when I saw some things that the schedule drop. So first off, we'll, let's just pop the schedule up here so everybody can see it. In case you haven't seen it, guarantee you probably have, but we'll just look take a that. look at it. Um, this is our schedule poster. I'll be trying to get this available for download for you guys. It's on our social media if you want to go uh, download it, save it, print it, or whatever to keep up with the schedule throughout the year. But the overall thoughts for me to begin with, you get four out of your six games, first six games are all at home. Now, I like that. And here's the thing. I think this team's going to be good. I like what they've done in the transfer portal. The talent floor has gone up. We all know that. I think some of the clunkiness that you saw with the offense last year is when you bring in new pieces, everybody has to, it takes time to gel. It takes time to get on the same page. And as much as you can do in practice, it takes time to to get there in a game situation. So the fact that you you have not the hardest slate of teams in your first couple of games and you get most of them at home, I think that that sets up well for you to kind of get things rolling here. So I do like that. Uh, I like that you don't have more than two road games back-to-back any point throughout the schedule. Yeah. And the two back-to-back -back road games that you have, one is in your home state. Right. And the other is only in North Carolina. So it's not right. like you have a ton of travel. Like that was another thing that I liked about the schedule. You don't go to Syracuse this year. You don't go to Boston this year. You don't go to any of the West Coast teams. That's right. You're, you know, you have Notre Dame and and a trip to Dallas. Those are really your two far games. And they're not that they're they're very manageable. Uh so I do like that as well. The only thing now, the knocks on the schedule, I would say, I think the BC game is a little bit close. 
with having to travel internationally. I probably would have put it on that Saturday following, you know, the, the Saturday of Labor Day week that it's on. It is on a Monday night on Labor Day. It gives you a few extra days, but you know, you're you're coming back from international. I think Mike Norvell even said they were going to hang out a few extra days to let the team have that experience. So, you know, it's going to be tight, but at the same time, the Monday night game on Labor Day pretty much guarantees you a nighttime primetime slot. Oh, yeah, so I think sure. I think that that's huge too. Um, so it, it's not a big deal. And you get a bye week after that because I was originally worried, talking about getting screwed by the ACC, I was <laughs> worried they were going to put a game on that Saturday and you were going to have a short week. And the only team on the schedule that I would have felt comfortable playing on that short of a week would be Charleston Southern. Right. And we already knew that was before Florida. Um, and then the only two other things that I would have changed would I would have preferred to have the bye weeks before Clemson and before Notre Dame than yeah. after. But, you know, I mean, that that might have been doing Florida State too many favors. Too many favors. If, if yeah. they had done that. But overall, man, I'll let you share some thoughts on the schedule. But I think overall, I think this one really sets up well. I think it's also, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter, but I think it's also nice to know that your fate for the ACC title game will be decided by November 2nd after yeah. that North Carolina game. So you'll yeah. know. You'll, you'll know. know. Um, and, and then so we'll we'll talk some more about that because I, I think it is when you look at some of the bye weeks too, if you know like the one after Notre Dame almost kind of seems like a waste right before Charleston Southern. But let's just say hypothetically you're locked into that ACC title game. Right. Well, now you get a bye week and a kind of a tune-up game to one prepare for Florida and a yep. two prepare for that ACC title game. So yep. to rest up and get ready for that, because we know they were really banged up in that game last year. So overall, man, I give it about a seven out of eight, seven to eight out of 10. I like the way it sets up and uh, I'll let you share some thoughts on it. But I think, I think it's pretty about as good as you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say that I'm probably right there with you. You know, I like the fact that playing that week zero game again, we saw how beneficial that was when, Florida State played the week zero game uh, and then played LSU in, in 2022 and had it really kind of set up the momentum for the season. And they really love that. Mike Norvell and that staff, they really love the opportunity to grab a week zero game because you get that extra buy. So instead of two weeks, now you have three weeks. And I and I feel like the 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 schedule, the buys are again, the perfect scenario would have been right, right before Clemson, <clears throat> right before uh for Notre Dame. before Notre Dame, but uh, I think they set up because you kind of uh, the the other school of thought would be, man, you don't want to stop playing if you're hot, right? Right? If you're hot, you don't want to stop playing before you play your most important game. You want to play those games, right? Rest, yeah. then get back in the rhythm, play that important game again, then rest. Because if you stop and you got that two weeks off, and then you're going to go into this game kind of cold, you know that could be. That's true. That could also re reverse uh, work in reverse for you. So, so it, it's either or. It just depends on which side you are. I think the thing that I'm like, I wish would have been a little bit different is, you know, Florida State has to go to Notre Dame on November 9th. And I used to live in Indiana. That's northern Indiana. That's South Bend. Yeah. You know, that's really touching that Michigan, Ohio like area there. Uh, so you're you're getting the cold. I mean, I'm just telling you, man. And Florida State in the month of November. At Notre Dame, historically, not so good. <laughs> so yeah. uh, if you look up the record there when they played Notre Dame in November at Notre Dame. And so, you know, you, you just hope that they've just come off playing North Carolina at home. 
we know that Notre Dame is not the same team they were this year. They're still very, very talented. You know, Marcus Freeman, he's, he's going to have a good defense again. Uh, and so you just you just hope that uh, that Florida State is is firing in all cylinders when they go into that really frigid of a game. But overall, I'm with you. I think, you know, I put it seven and a half uh, of, of just how good this feels. It, it right. really sets Florida State up if they – if they do what we expect them to do, this really sets them up to repeat as uh, as uh, ACC title contenders. Yeah, and you know the the funny thing is, uh, as much as you see all the all the Florida State fans who live in Florida and the Southeast, they're tweeting about this cold front that we just had come right. through. But yet everybody's excited to go to the Big Ten. All right, guys, make that trip. <laughs> make that trip up to Notre Dame and let me know how fun that game is before you. I know we hate ESPN. I get all that. I still think it would be cool to end up in the SEC. Uh, you know, but before you really throw your hat in one <laughs> ring or the other, go do that. Go do that game because you know. Uh, long story short, I went to a New England Patriots game uh, the on New Year's Eve a few years back, and it was negative two. And oh. I'm from the South. I have Southern blood. I thought I was going to die. I was looking yes. for the medical tent. I have I had hot hands stuck in places I can't talk about on this show. So <laughs> that was actually their free gift when you came in the gate was hot hands. So I knew it was going to be a bad experience <laughs> from the rip. So now sitting in 110 degree heat isn't great either, but yeah. that, it's a different animal. It's a different um, animal. But I will also say too, like you said, I think with, with not having the bye week beforehand, it does allow you not to have that little bit of rust. I will say neither of those teams have a bye week before you. Well, that's uh, good. So, so that that's fair there. Yeah. And then I will also say that, and I hate to say this because I don't want to. I don't want to like put this into the into the ether or whatever. But if it is a really big, because that Clemson game is still going to be huge. That Notre oh, yeah. Dame game is still going to be huge. Yeah. Let's say it's either a really hard fought, exciting win. Or a very painful loss, you get that extra week to kind yeah. of recover from yep. it. So on the backside, yep. that is it. Yep. Um, you know, and to be honest, man, like I was looking through some of these schedules. If anybody has a gripe, it's got to be Clemson. They oh. they did not do them any favors. They have Georgia to open the season, App State, who always gives you know some teams a little bit yep. of trouble. Then you get NC State, uh, Florida State. And you have Louisville all within Ooh. like kind of the early man. It's Gosh. they got a little bit of a tough road there. So, um, so how we're going to do this, guys? Now that we shared kind of our overall thoughts on the schedule, we're just going to go through team by team and just talk a little bit about the game, how we feel about some things. We're going to take a look back at what they did in 2023. I promise you guys, I have put in so <laughs> much time trying to figure out who is where. But you're, it's like a mad scientist experiment right. now, trying to figure out. I mean, you got guys that look at Miami's tight end. It's his ninth year. He's got a doctorate <laughs> in, as a college football player. It's hard to figure out who's where. So until right. teams release their 2024 roster and we get past the, the spring transfer session, we're just going to be kind of doing the best we can to figure right. out who is where and what. Um, and so we'll go through that. And we're also going to start by taking a little bit of a look at Florida State in the same way we're going to look at the other teams, just so we can refresh our memory on where we're at. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to bring you a message from today's sponsor, Alumni Hall FSU. I want to let you guys know that they just moved to a new location. We've been kind of hinting oh. at this throughout uh, the past few shows. They are all set up now. 1415 Timber Lane Road in the Market Square Shopping Center. Just a better location for them to be able to bring you all the FSU gear that you guys love. Go check them out. Visit their new location. Tell them we sent you. Use code SPEAR. Get 10% off your order. Or, of course, you can shop online. You can even shop online and pick up in store to make it nice and easy. So go check those guys out. They have a great rewards program and all that stuff. So thank you for supporting those that support us. That's Alumni Hall FSU, and the promo code is SPEAR. 
So, Michael, let's jump into this with a first look at let's look in the mirror first. Let's look at All ourselves. Right. So this is Florida State from last year. Now, we know things have changed. And and here's the thing when we look at these going forward. Here's what here's what really stands out when you go through some of these numbers. A lot of this stuff is going to change because, like, you know, Florida State, we have no doubt that we know that they've lost a lot of offensive production. But when you see this transfer class rank, that changes things. Now, you'll see some of the other teams that didn't bring in things to the level of Florida State. So it may be more similar to what they did the year before. Um, so we we know that Florida State lost a lot, but they brought in a lot, and that can make up for it. So 13-1, obviously, we know last year was the record. 9-0 in the ACC. They went 6-0 and at home, 5-0 and on the road, uh, excluding the bowl game, of course. Uh, 2023 team talent rank. Florida State was number 20, which, again, you know, we've, talked about this in the past yeah it's impressive what mike norvell has been able to do at yeah. florida state when he has not yet had a team rank in the top 15 of the 247 team composite talent ranking so he's been able to do a lot with not the most talented roster which is not Correct. what you see at like florida or miami and and we're going to talk about that in another show because i got some interesting notes on that um 18th in scoring offense 34.6 points per game i have out here this ptb stat next to it is prior to the bowl game because we know yeah. that that thing right. skewed everything there uh averaging about 37 points a game before the bowl uh scoring defense 18th allowing 19.3 points per game that was 15.9 prior to the bowl game that was a top 10 defense and your transfer right. rank currently is third you have 10 four stars four three stars and uh the, the kid from harvard that just committed is not yet ranked if they were right. below a three star they didn't get mentioned on the slide so the boxes you see down here on the bottom if you're watching on youtube obviously if you're listening on the podcast we're going to explain all this so you don't because you obviously don't have the visuals uh but this is the best i could nail down for you guys right now because it's, it's just too much to do uh, for the whole roster but are they bringing back their leading passer rusher receiver and tackler that at least gives us an idea of your top playmakers and how many are coming back. Yep. Now all those red boxes for Florida state don't look great, but we also <laughs> know that the ones that they brought in, That's we right. know are, are going to help make up for those gaps. So That's right. uh, with, with kind of knowing where we're at now, let's go ahead and jump into game one against Georgia tech on August the 24th. Of course, we all know this one is in Dublin, Ireland, Let's go. In 2023. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun experience uh, for those who are able to go. I'm still on the fence. Probably not going to swing it, but it's going to be a really fun experience for for the team and everybody to go. I think it's just an exciting opportunity to get like national, international, should I Absolutely. say, exposure. Um, so in 2023, Georgia Tech, what they went seven and six, five and three in the ACC. In neutral site games, they were one and one. The the opening game, they did give Louisville a bit of a you know they they gave them a scare there. Yeah, but that was also Jeff Brom's first game. This is also a Georgia Tech team that lost to Bowling Green. Uh, so their team talent rank last year was 36. Their scoring offense was 43rd, averaging 31.1 points per game. Scoring defense was not very good, 97th, giving up 29 and a half points per game. Transfer class rank is currently at 54th with nine three-star transfers. I updated all this information last night, so it is current as of January 26th. Here, to me, Michael, is what makes this game a little trickier probably than people are giving them credit for. They do bring back almost their entire offense. They bring back their leading passer, leading rusher. Both I don't have it on here, but both of their leading receivers, they bring back four out of five offensive linemen, unless they lose yep. someone in the spring. And then they bring back their leading tackler. So 
on offense, it is not because you know the quarterback change depending on who you get out of the portal or who you got. It can always be a question mark. But they bring right. in Haynes King, uh, formerly of Texas A and M. He was a high ranked guy under Jimbo. You know, no one really does great under Jimbo <laughs> unless James James Winston. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it is year two under him. So I think that Georgia Tech is probably going to be a little bit better than people give him credit for. That offense returns a ton of production. It's whether they can find some defense or not. Now you see the gap in the in the talent in the transfer. Yeah. They're 36, you were 20th. They're like in the 50s in their transfer class, you're third. So you right. you started higher and you restocked better. So right. you should win. I think they – you'll have to pardon me on this because I don't remember, but I think they opened up somewhere around a two-touchdown favorite over Georgia yeah, Tech. Yeah, I thought I saw that too, yeah. So I think this is a game that, that you feel good about, that you can win. Uh, but, you know, I still think this game, just being game one with a lot of transfers, we we saw how the continuity paid off for Florida State last year when you returned all that production. I think just game one, getting through some things, it could be a little bit trickier than people think, but I still think this is a game you feel good about winning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I, I think so. I, I, I look at this Georgia Tech team and, you know, Haynes King, yes, it's his second year. He threw 27 touchdowns, you know, last season, but, man, he threw 16 interceptions. Yeah. That offense was consistent and then inconsistent. It was very inconsistent. Right. You know, they 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 beat Miami because Miami make it of <laughs> right. uh, the most bonehead of bonehead plays when yeah. they should have lost to Miami. So so we have to we do have to take that into account. They should right. have lost that game. That game was lost until Miami didn't take a knee, right? So if you take that out. Really, the significant thing they did was they beat a top 20 North Carolina team, right? Right, right. Um, who fell did, apart. Who the fell apart towards the end of the year, right? They did go into their bowl game. They beat University of Central Florida. Uh, I think it was like 30-17 or something like that. Um, and they – now, people will point to, well, they played Georgia close. But let's just be real. Georgia wasn't very interested in that game. They were thinking right. about the SEC title game. Yep. Um, and so – do I think this could be a game? Yes, I think this could be a game. I think they've improved their talent. I think Brent Key has shown, uh, you know, that in the second year he he is trying to elevate their program. I mean, they've done they did much better than it was on the previous coach Collins, I think his name was. Yeah, and uh, so this could be a game, but it should stop being a game probably after the third quarter. Like Florida right. State should run away with this game, in yep. my estimation. Yeah, and I will say too about about the Georgia game real quick. Brock Bowers did not play in that game. That's correct. And they also that game was thirty one thirteen at the beginning of the fourth quarter. You know, before maybe Georgia took their foot off the gas. But I still, like I said, I still I don't think you're going to blow them out. But I do think that it could be a game that that you should win. I really think the biggest question mark for Florida State this year is one: Are they going to land another defensive tackle and linebacker in the portal? That would make me feel right. a lot better about the defense yes. going forward. And two: How are these? talented but unproven receivers going to transition onto the field That's like right. if, if i feel good about we pretty much know what we're getting a quarterback offensive line tight end all these things yep. but it's the receivers that are the big question mark That's now right. they have a lot of talent That's but right. how does that translate so That's if right. they if they end up being as good as we think they can as much as they live up to their potential this team can be really really good so really i good do early on. and, and you know, unless they haven't really, you know, unless they've really beefed up that defense, I like that their defense is was their weak point last year. Because right. you know, a lot of times defense is ahead of offense in preparation. Right. So I, I think that one sets up well. So now looking at game two, you come back from across the pond with a hopefully a win under your belt. 
And again, now you are starting with two ACC games, so you you have a chance to really kind of jump out to a good start in the conference. Right. Game two is going to come against Boston College at home. This is their first game of the season. They don't play anybody before you. And you are looking at a Monday night game on Labor Day. Again, this is a more than likely going to guarantee you a primetime night game. Uh, yeah. Still going to be interesting to see how things play out inside Doak Campbell Stadium with the reduced capacity in 2024. But it, you know, you still get the home crowd. You don't have to go all the way up to Boston. You know, they're going to have to come down to that humidity in in Florida. And last time they came here, you beat them 44 to 14. So that's right. We will see. I mean, of course, they have Thomas Castellano still at quarterback, who can give you a little bit of fits there. He had a pretty. He was their leading passer and rusher last year. Uh, so looking at them seven and six last year, you know, it's funny, man, because everybody talked about Boston College. They ended up being as good as Miami. So, That's right. That's you know, right. Record wise. So they ended up being pretty decent, but three and five in the ACC. Their road record was three and two last year. So, OK, on the road team talent ranked 54th. Again, this is just one of those another one of those games where you should just have the talent advantage. Uh, scoring offense, 82nd, 24.8 points per game. Not too great on both sides of the ball here. Looking at their scoring defense, which was 86 at 28.3. So they're actually giving up more points than they scored last year. And their transfer class rank is 43rd, currently with 10 three-stars committed. So again, you have a higher team talent rank, and you also have a higher transfer rank by 40 spots. And I feel like you have the coaching edge there. So this is a game you feel good about as well. They do bring back their leading passer, rusher, receiver, and they did lose their leading tackler, uh, Vinny De Palma, at linebacker. Mm. So again, I, I mean, this is another one of those games where I know things. Oh, and I do want to mention one of their transfers. This should be interesting. Treshawn Ward at running back. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So he will be making a return to Tallahassee, oddly That's enough, right. in in <laughs> I don't know if they actually tag there's Garnet, but in Garnet and Gold, essentially. Yeah, it's gonna be, yeah. You know, we don't even know which team he's going to play for. Who knows? <laughs> uh, because he could. Hopefully, we know. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, it might get confusing. You might forget he's not on your team. But the thing is, like, they did lose. I do know that they, they lost Christian Mahogany, their best yep. offensive lineman, their guard. Uh, Phil Garwo, the running back, who's really been good for them, didn't have had a down year last year. Uh, he's out as well. Um, they also lost some pieces off the defense. But, you know, this is a team that you. The only hang-up for me on this one is coming off the international travel from Ireland. But you get a couple extra days with it yeah. being the Monday night game. You have the week off afterwards. So, you know, it is you can kind of let it all hang out. You have the two games in kind of a tight window when you talk about the travel factor. But then you get a week to kind of rest up and heal up there. But I think this is, again, you're more talented. You have a coaching edge. And you've done better in the transfer portal. You'll already have a game under your belt where they will not. To me, this is another winnable game for Florida State. That's right. Oh yeah, I, 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 I really believe that. And I don't think it's going to be a two point game again. I don't think <laughs> like we know the flu had something to do with that. The red bandana game. You take all that out. I think this. Right. I think this reverts back to the mean of it being a wider score gap. Correct. Yes. I mean, you remember last time Boston College came to Florida State uh, in 2022? They opened the game with a with a what a. Trey Benson, 99-yard yep. kickoff return, I think yep. it was. Um, I mean, and that game was over by the second quarter. It was completely right. done. And so I do. I agree. I What I think, if if, if we could, you know, you, you, 
red bandana at Boston College, the flu game, all those things. And as well as we we only had what two game tape films on Casanano's uh, uh right, yeah, because they started the the other kid, the or, other kid. Uh, em, Emmett Moorhead. He started yeah. and then they made the switch, and then they and made it the was switch. Kind of, it was a wild card. It was a wild card. Like they they really hadn't fully developed the offense. Well, in that Florida State game, you really saw how they were gonna use him. So Florida State and and Adam Fuller, they have really good tape on him now to know uh how uh how to play him better this year and he is turnover prone again i'm gonna keep calling this out the dude threw 14 interceptions last season uh with 15 uh touchdowns now he did run for over a thousand yards and he passed for a little over 2200 yards and so you know if we can if the defense can contain him Right. You know, keep him, you know, not rushing for 100 yards in that game. Because I think it, I don't remember what the final rush number, but he was over 100 yards in that game. If we can right. contain him, hold him to 50 yards or less and let the defense do what it does, then this should be, this game should be over by the third quarter. I mean, clearly it should be. It's Labor Day. It's going to be a night game. All the country is going to be watching. It's going to be one of two, maybe, uh, games on the television that day, yep. which is, Florida State has historically performed very well. I mean, you take out that oh, heartbreaking Miami loss uh, where we fumbled on the uh, uh, in the end zone. It was a Christian Ponder year. Can't remember oh, yeah, the guy yeah. who fumbled. Yeah. But anyways, uh, you take out that game. Florida State has historically performed very well on Labor Day games. And so I, I would imagine they would do the same again with Boston College at home first game. It'd be the first game in Doak where we get nope. to see how the seating capacity yeah. is working. Uh, but I, I have I have confidence that they should be 2-0 uh, at this point. Right. And you figure even with the reduced capacity, you'll be louder than half of the teams are used to playing in because it'll still be a higher capacity than most of the stadiums. And, and yes, right. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that the key here is controlling what Castellanos is able to do, mostly on the ground. Right. You know, like you said, it kind of was a surprise. They didn't really. I thought Moorhead was going to start. I didn't think he yeah. was going to. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think that Castellanos was going to be your starter in that game. And then also do keep in mind that of the 29 points, like Florida State at one point was up. What like 31 10 31 10 run, yeah, exactly. and one of those scores was on defense on a scooping score, so they That's didn't right. score 29 points on your defense. So, again, I'm with you, man. I, I feel like they should do pretty good there, uh, as far as getting this win here. And you know, maybe not 44 to 14, but comfortable. I, I yeah. think they should be able to do that. So, um, game three coming up now. I'm gonna be honest, Michael. <laughs> Some people are blowing me off here. I think this is going to be a really fun matchup because of the history. You know, this is where Mike Norvell came from. I think this game could be a little bit trickier than people think it is. Now, Mem because Memphis, you know, there for a while when Mike Norvell left, they floundered a little bit. And it kind of almost made you feel a little better about Norvell. Right, right. You know, you you almost like to see a team stumble when, they're, when their coach leaves because that tells you how good the coach is. And so game three against Memphis – this is going to be coming off of a bye week. I do want to mention that first. The the Saturday, I guess in a sense a bye week because you play on that Monday, but a Saturday bye week, the 7th on, of September 7th. So you will be coming off a bye week. You get extra time to prepare. It is at home uh, on September 14th. Now, Memphis, the reason I say this game is a little bit trickier, they did good last year, 10-3, and 6-2 and two in their conference. They were 5-0 and oh on the road. So they they brought it with them whenever they traveled. Again, you have a decided advantage in talent here. Their team talent rank in 2023 was 64th. 
Their scoring offense was six, so their offense is legit. Now, 39.4 points per game. We're going to talk about that offense in just a second. Uh, scoring defense was 95th. So this is a narrative that you see about a lot of teams now going through the schedule is, is it's rare to see some balanced teams anymore. Like you have uh, Notre Dame was very balanced. Florida State was balanced. A lot of these teams don't really play good defense, so they gave up 28.8 points per game. Transfer class currently runs it comes in at 67th, so not super impressive there. Uh, 14 three-star transfers as uh, as it stands right now. They do bring back their leading passer, and this is one of the reasons why I think this game could be a little tricky. The Seth Hennigan kid, it is year four for him. He's thrown for 3,000 or more yards in three consecutive years, so that is that's big. Now they do lose their leading rusher. And that kid was good. He was a yes, thousand was. plus yard rusher, 14 touchdowns on the season. And here's the thing their running back number two only has put up 300 yards and two touchdowns last year. So you're looking at almost a thousand yard drop off. Uh, because I think he did have a little bit more, he had more than a thousand. I just put this as a thousand yard rusher and 12 touchdown difference. That's a really, really big difference there. They do bring back their leading receiver, who was a thousand yard receiver, and their wide receiver number two is also back, and he caught 900 yards of passes last year. So they got a good passing offense that you're going to have to deal with. And then, of course, their leading tackler does come back as well. Um, they did lose, like I said, they, they lost a couple of pieces. I'm not going to say yeah. that they didn't lose anybody, and you have a decided talent advantage but the one thing that i i mentioned this before and people kind of blew me off on why this game could be tough keep in mind this is the same memphis team now i'll be honest i think missouri last year they gave georgia a little bit of a run it was a close game i think it was eight points in the end they also barely beat like i think it was eastern kentucky so they had some close That's games right. there but at the same time this is a memphis team that went on the road to memphis I mean, uh, Missouri and and lost by one score. So they gave yeah. Memphis, who finished as, a, I believe, a top 15 team, they gave them fits. So I think this is not a game that you can sleepwalk through. Yep. I'm not predicting a loss here by any means. But I just think this one, you know, you, you may not be kicking back, relaxing in the in their stadium, in your new and improved stadium seat, until maybe a little later in the fourth quarter. Uh, but obviously it's going to be fun. Mike Norvell knows that coaching staff. That's the, right. uh, at, least, at least the head coach, Ryan Silverfield, who was his offensive line coach. He also knows Mike Norvell, so there's that <laughs> connection there. But I think this game will – like, honestly, dude, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is I think Memphis is probably tougher than a good bit of your ACC games. Yeah. Probably a tougher team than Boston College, probably a tougher team than, than maybe even Georgia Tech. Uh, so I don't think you can sleepwalk through this one. I still think you should win just on a talent perspective, getting them at home and getting a week off. And before they come to you, they play Troy. Troy is no slouch. That's and they right. have uh, Middle Tennessee the week after, so I think you. I still think you win this game to start the season three and zero. But you know, again, I wouldn't sleepwalk through this one. Yeah, yeah, I think this game is going to be uh, more so for Mike Norvell than the players. The uh, I won't say emotional, but you know, he he has a great affinity and love for Memphis. Memphis obviously right. was his first head coaching job, and so you know he probably has a lot of love for that place, but as well as he's a competitor. He probably wants right. to beat their brains out to be like, look, see, <laughs> right. I did go to big and better. Right. Right. And so you, you, you just hope that all those, you know, that that doesn't get in the distraction of the game plan, which Mike has proven over his course of his to really focus in on that. Um, I do think the, the thing for us to watch out is the quarterback Seth Hennigan. I mean, he is, 
He is dynamic, 32 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, he's really good. Now, yeah. again, like I think you mentioned this, the the Blake Watson, he's often in the NFL. He was kind of the, 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 the catalyst for that offense to get it all started and going. But, man, they return uh, Rock Taylor, their receiver, who is really good. Yeah, really good. I think he had 69 catches for a little over a thousand yards last year as well. And so you you, you just hope that uh, that they they take this game seriously. They put this game away. I mean, it if I had to guess, this is probably a noon game, which I hate. It's on the yeah. CW. Ugh, you know, Um It'd be great if this was like a 3.30 game because yeah. then the crowd will be a little bit more amped. And Memphis, they don't play in stuff like this. I mean, let's be real. Yes, they went to Missouri, but Missouri still, that's right. been, that stadium is not the same. Right. Even with Florida State at Doak with reduced capacity, the way it's shaped, the noise, all of that, this will be different for Memphis. And so um, I, I, I think this will be a close game early, but late will Florida State should pull away based on the talent right now uh right to, to to for a win yeah and you know that you mentioned it he has a, a soft spot in his heart for memphis i don't think it's gonna make keep him from trying not to run the score up because yeah. you know it is what it is <laughs> and you learned your lesson last year that you gotta That's it's right. how you it's how you win not that you win a lot of times but at the same time you know they have an affinity for him they loved yeah. mike norvell and they were, right. i hope i hope they travel well because i yeah you know that fan base when when we first took no Mike Norvell from them. It was a very cordial. It was it handoff. Was. You know what yes. I mean. It was, it was a cohesive handoff. They they were happy uh, for him as well. So I think that could be just a fun game atmosphere yeah. a, as well. So I do think that you get the win there. Like I said, I just think that that game is probably tougher than even the next one we're going to talk That's about. Right. And that that is game four against Cal. Uh, Cal, Can you believe this Cal. It's crazy, man. In the Atlantic Coast Conference, Coast Conference. So it's it doesn't dude. This this is getting out of hand here. Um, <laughs> You know, but I think the thing is, man, like, I'm just glad you don't have to go to Cal because I'm glad we talked about it before. I'm glad you don't have to make that really long cross country flight after also having to go to the game in Ireland and everything. But they will be the interesting thing coming off of this one, too, though. They will be coming off of a game against San Diego State. So maybe mm -hmm. A.J. Duffy, who is oh. the quarterback who, who transferred to San Diego State, maybe he can give them a little preview of what Florida Let's State's going to be ready to do. Uh, and then they have a bye after this game. So looking at Cal again, September 21st at home, you will, they last year, they had a pretty disappointing season. Now Cal's not really been a great team in general, but they did give Auburn a pretty close game last year. And, you know, Auburn was a very hit or miss team, had close games against Georgia, yep. close games against Alabama, got blown out by New Mexico state. So, they did put up a fight at least against an SEC team last year, uh, six and seven on the season, four and five in conference. They were three and three in road games, and I'm pretty sure they didn't play many East Coast road games. No, so this is, this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna be a long one for them because I'm pretty sure Auburn was at home last year. Yeah, um, you know, 2023 team talent ranked 45th, so they're at least in the top 50 there. Scoring offense 48th at 30.2 points per game. Scoring defense was. Awful. This is again, this is the trend that I saw wow. when we started scouting all yes. these teams. 114th. Now, of course, they did play some pretty good offenses. Like, yeah, I believe they played Oregon and, and Washington yes, all that last year, uh, giving up 32.8 points per game. So the defense is going to need some work for them. Now, here's what did stand out when I looked at Cal 26 in the transfer yeah, class. They, right? so they, they have they, a decent one. They have five four stars. 
and and that's that's actually when you look at what everybody else has done, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, and six three stars. Of course, there's a couple of guys I believe they have that are below that are not ranked. Um, notable returns. They do bring back their their leading passer. But the thing about this too is he was a freshman last year. He was not their full time starter. But, you know, he did get enough experience to come back this year. They do bring back their leading rusher who rushed for 1,315 yards. So that that kid yep. is legit. Um, now, I will say when you look at some of the, the receivers, they lost uh, their leading receiver and their leading tackler. But, you know, this is again, man, this is this is a game that you get at home. They're coming all the way from the West Coast. They right. weren't very good last year. I think it was like their first time in a few years making a bowl last year. Yep. You got the talent edge. I suspect with the transfer class that they signed, they will be better. But I still think this is this this will be a little bit of a, of a East Coast butt whip. You know, you'll send yeah. them back. You know, you remember the old East Coast West Coast rival in the rap right. back in the day. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I think this is going to be all East Coast on this one. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. I mean, you know. One of the things, uh, their quarterback, Fernando Mendoza, he's a Miami native. So he's coming back to this side of the country, uh, you know, probably play in front of some friends and family. And they'll 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 be super excited for about hmm, kickoff. And then yeah. that game should be over. I mean, he 14 touchdowns, 10 interceptions last season. You know, he finally got the starting job. They ended up losing. Uh, I think they, they lost their bowl game. Uh, and they were, when you say the scoring defense was what 114 yeah and yes they played some good teams but they got i mean they got absolutely mollywop they gave up 50 plus points four times last season That's uh, including to you know Oregon where they lost 6319 i mean it was Whew. a beat down um and yes they they play auburn again this year they have uc davis and San Diego State, like you said, before they come to Florida State. And so Florida State's coming off of Memphis to play Cal. You know, they'll be they'll be engaged in this game. This will probably be another one of those, like, I just don't know. I don't know how the ACC is going to try to schedule these games, but I have a sneaking suspicion we will might have back-to-back -back CW games uh, for this, which will be dumb because Florida State draws the eyes. And plus, everyone's going to want to see how Florida State responds this year after the snub last year. So right. And after last year's CW game, I say we just boycott all exactly. Like, we are not doing that again. <laughs> not doing that again. But I, I I have Florida State winning this one comfortably. Uh pre-spring. Now we'll see kind of what comes out with the roster with Cal, what happens with Florida State, some of the receivers that they we, we've pulled in. Uh but I, I have Florida State winning this one comfortably. And uh you know welcome to the ACC Cal. Right, exactly. Our, our palm trees go through hurricanes, and <laughs> so they're a little tougher than yours. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, the kid. I'm sure he'll be hyped up to come back to to you know his home state. But if you want a little vote of confidence here, talking about that that 114th ranked defense, DJ, your quarterback now at Oregon State threw for 275 and five touchdowns Ooh, in that game. Wee. So yeah. That's that's big numbers. He also uh, ran the ball five times, for 14 yards. Not a whole lot there, but he put up five touchdowns through the air on them. So, mm. you know, your quarterback has already faced that defense and he lit them up. So I think, again, man, like like you said, they gave up 50, 60 points at a lot of occasions here. So to me, I, again, I think it's really just that talent edge. And then I also like that you've had now you've had a few games to kind of get yourself in rhythm, your offense right. in rhythm. That's and right. if you can kind of expose that defense. Yeah. For what it is, then I think you can run away with that one for sure. Yeah. So, 
Now, looking at the next game, game five, so again, we'll get a, into the meat, a, right? Another new ACC opponent against SMU, you know, a, a powerhouse from way back in the day. Uh, and then they, they have kind of, you know, they fell off with all the things that happened back then and they, and they've kind of built their way back up. They had a good season last year. Uh, this is an away game on September the 28th. Looking at SMU last year now, of course, they play in Dallas, for those of you that don't know. It's not a giant stadium, so it's not like, you know, it's not, I think they're, I looked at their first game and there was like 20,000 people in attendance. So it's not probably, now you'll get a bigger draw for a name like FSU, right. but I'm sure a lot of the Texas Seminole clubs and all that stuff, you're probably going to see a good bit of garnet gold in that stadium as oh, well. Oh, yeah. They're going to oh, be excited yeah. for that. You know, I've already had people comment on, on some shows and stuff where they're like, I'm excited about this one because I get to finally go to a game close to home. So yeah. it's not going to be really a daunting environment now when you look at t or uh, smu so they went 11 and 3 last year great season but here's what stands out they were mm -hmm. 0 and 3 versus power five that's right looking back at some of the, i went back and i was like well, when's the last time they beat a power five team and it was in 2021 when they beat five and seven tcu mm -hmm. so it wasn't really a very good power five team that they beat and since their last win they're one and five against power five teams so that's what makes you feel a lot better uh, about this game. Now, I will say that when you look at, and first off, they were 6-0 and at home. So, you know, again, they're better at home. But looking at the 2023 talent rank, they're at 34th. So they're more talented than pretty much every other team that we've talked about up to this point. So, you know, the potential is there. I will say that. But the scoring offense, again, good here. Uh, eighth, 38.7 points per game. Versus Power 5, and I made sure to make a note of this, versus Power 5, they were scoring 14 points a game. Yeah. So not not too great there. Uh, you know, it's just, again, man, it's... it's The thing is, when you look at... And I, I just want to mention this real quick, is when you look at what a lot of those Big 12 teams did last year coming into the first year of being a Power 5 team, the UCFs, the BYUs, I think pretty much every one of them finished like way below uh way below what they did as a non-power five team yeah yeah so making that jump is not easy now if you're watching the youtube at home i must have forgot to change this one uh the scoring defense was not 114th it was much better <laughs> uh their scoring defense was 11th and they were giving up 17.8 points per game but against power five teams that number jumps to 28.3 versus non-power five teams it was 16.4 so again wow. that's a huge you're talking about going at like so here's the thing they're scoring offense against non-power five teams averaged 43.1 points per game Ooh. against power five teams 14 Ooh. they're scoring defense against power five non-power five teams gave up 16.4 points per game versus power five teams 28.3 that's a night yeah. and day difference yes. now their transfer yeah. class is at 34th and they do bring in one four-star and 10 three-stars. So they have a pretty good 11 power five transfers. So they have a pretty good transfer class. They do bring back their leading passer, their leading rusher, which I have a question mark next to this because I haven't seen him confirm that he's coming back. I haven't seen him say that he's going to the NFL. But little tidbit for you here, it's Jalen Knighton. Most of you probably yeah. remember that from Miami, the from rooster Miami. kid. There. Yes. Yep. So um, you were, at, you know, we were in on his recruitment, and then That's so right. they do leave. Uh, they do lose their top receiver, and they do bring back their top tackler. Now, when you talk about the quarterback who comes back, this is another. He's a good player, but from what I understand, and I don't follow SMU that closely, uh, but I think he actually got 
like a season ending injury, their last regular season game. Now he should be back for the right. season, obviously, if it's a, a leg fracture or something like that. <laughs> but you may miss some of that prep time. You know, he may not be full go in spring. So that could make a difference. And looking at what they did against Power Five last year, they lost to Oklahoma 28 to 11. They lost to TCU 34-17. TCU was 5-7 and seven last year. It was That's not right. a very good team, and they got handed to. Uh, and then they lost to Boston College. Welcome to the ACC. Welcome to and the ACC. Everybody was like, they're going to – I bet SMU comes in and makes some noise and all this in the ACC. Well, you know, you just kind of beat a, a mid-to-bottom-tier SEC team or ACC team, and you lost in the bowl mm -hmm. game. So, and, and they had some opt-outs in that game as well, too. That's right. So that's going to be interesting. Now, they did beat number 22 Tulane last year. And they did beat Memphis. So they're not a slouch. But right. again, I just think this is that transition period from until you are able to build up to that power five yeah. level. It's just a different conversation when we talk Absolutely. about the big 12 teams. Like I said, the UCFs, who was like, we're, we're the, you know, everybody, for those of you that don't know, Miami, Florida, Florida State are referred to as the big three in the state of Florida. So they were always, you know, Flapping the gums about the big, big four. We're big four. We're big four. And it's like, okay, buddy, wait till you go play in a power five conference. And then they, they did not do so well. So, Correct. Uh, you know, it's just a different conversation, but a I think this animal. is, a, I think SMU is a team that with that power five in, in a few years, I think they could come up, but I right. think right now, I think Florida state's a better team and gets the win here on the That's road. Right. What, what's the old saying? This ain't your great granddaddy's SMU, right? Exactly. And you right. know, they, they talked a little smack whenever they we, did. when we opened up the law. So we can't wait to get you to Dallas. How rude of you. It's like, first off, you haven't been in the ACC long enough to get screwed. <laughs> That's right. Like we have. So just wait. But they think they got something coming for us in Dallas, and I, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening. That's right. This ain't your great-granddaddy's SMU. If you've never seen that uh, that 30 for 30 with uh, called the Pony Express, you should go watch it. Yeah. Um, SMU used to be, like you said, back in the day, a powerhouse. You ain't one now. Right. And uh, Florida that State coming. That termites. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. That's right. The death penalty sent you back down. I mean, they do return their, their, like you said, they do return Preston Stone, their uh, quarterback. Uh, I think he was injured uh, in that game against Boston College, uh, so he couldn't play uh, uh, in that game. And so, but they lost that game. You're right. He threw tw 28 touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, they, so their offense is going to be impressive. You know, Rhett, Rhett Lashy, is that, did I say that correct? Lashley, yeah. Lashley, yeah. who was the former uh, offensive coordinator at Miami, who did give Florida State some trouble. Let's Ooh, not forget that. Kept in Miami, they should have kept in Miami. You're right, and so you know he's going to have a good game plan. Um, Adam Fuller and that off uh, defense is is familiar with him, and so there there will be it won't be so foreign. You're not playing a team that you've never seen before because you know the coordinator, you've played against that coordinator. So that should, uh, you know, for, uh, familiarity breeds uh, an, an opportunity to, to play well against them. So you'll see that as well. That defense, I mean, you're right. They played really well against non-Power 5 teams, right? right? But when they played Power 5 teams, I mean, they gave up 17 points to both Oklahoma and a terrible TCU team. I'm sorry, they got beat by 17 points uh, by Oklahoma and a terrible TCU team. So I now here's what I'm saying. I think Florida State should win this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if Florida State is in a dogfight in the fourth quarter um, against them. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to yeah. be the whole fourth quarter is going to come down to a field goal kick or a last second touchdown or something like that, but I think probably midway uh, in the fourth quarter, we might be uh, sweating a little bit. Yeah.
I could see that too because one, this is your first true road game. This is not, yep, that's because right. Because Ireland is is it's obviously a neutral site. Uh, it's just kind of a crapshoot of who shows up has the most fans that travel. You know, most people are going to cheer for both teams because they don't recognize either one. But this right. will be your first true road game. It's not a, a big environment like we talked about. And it, for what it's worth, if you believe in look ahead games and whatnot, you have Clemson coming to town that's the right. next that's week. Right. So that, that's Man. an interesting one. Um, now, I will say they have TCU the week before, and then they have Louisville the week after. Oof. So that could be a tough stretch for them. Uh, you know, TCU's not really that great, but they did beat them 34-17 uh, like we mentioned last year. So that could that could be a tough stretch for them. Yeah, yeah, that that's not going to be an easy stretch for them. And, yeah, as you mentioned, Florida State is going to, I mean, inherently be thinking about Clemson that's coming back to joke the following week after that. So of course, you know, this, this is a, if there's a trap game of trap games, yes, yes. this is the one on the schedule, right? Yeah. I totally agree with that. I still think that you'll be able to get things done. Yeah. But like you said, I think it could be closer just being on the road, your first road game, That's you know, right. and, and a potential trap game with Clemson coming the next week. It, you know, That's there, right. it, it sets up. Yeah. Uh, it just, like I said, this is why we're doing pre-spring and post-spring. That's right. Once you see the That's spring right. game, you get to see some of these. You know, someone asked me the other day, do I think the spring game matters? I said, no, nah, I don't think it matters in a sense, but but it's our first look to the public at, eye at, at some of these new receivers and things. So if they come out and they look really good, you know, and, and maybe they clean up with a few more pieces in the portal, I think right. that makes you feel better about games like these. But again, that's, that's a it's a good offense, so they could give you some fits. Right, and the other side of this, real quick, before we move on to the next team, is the reason why the, the spring is not going to show you much of like, oh, they're going to be dominant, but it shows you you're looking for battles, you're looking for position right. battles, you're looking to see how the receivers progress, how DJ is responding to the offense, does it look smooth, all those things, right? But the most important part about the spring that you know is that one makes you want to pay attention is what happens after this is the second portal season right, right. so who's leaving who's yeah. coming in that's why the spring's important that part because you're still going to have people that are going to hit the door because you're Correct. over the scholarship limit now that's again, right. we've talked about with nil you can basically have kids as a pwo and you can pay right. the scholarship way but you're going to have some people who aren't going to be starters that are going to find the door right. so and then like, you just want to see things like you don't want maybe a guy like Earl Little Jr. who we think is going to be an amazing DB for you. If right. he goes out there and gets smokes for three touchdowns. Right. Okay, we Not might need word. Temper, Yeah, we need to temper <laughs> expectations. But if you see again, if you just see like you said, if you see DJ and the new receivers firing on all cylinders, you've OK, we, we're cooking this year. So we That's got right. something to go with. And speaking of DJ, you let's talk about a game that I let's think is going to be talk about it. The one of the funnest games, one of the biggest games of the year, just because, again, like you got. You, it's a crazy year, man. You got a game where your head coach faces his old team. Your yep. new quarterback faces his old team. Like college football is gone. This is, <laughs> this is college football gone wild. Um, so like, it's going to be exciting, man. But looking at this Clemson game, you get them at home. Huge, yeah. huge, 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 huge. You get them at home because I'll, I'll, I'll jump and then we'll jump back. <laughs> Remember this, last year, the away was two and three on the road. Yeah, they and were. So they got absolutely smoked by Duke in game one. Oh gosh. So yeah. That that was when you knew things had, had come to roost for Clemson there a little bit. So game six against Clemson, October 5th. 
at home in Dope Campbell Stadium. I'm ex- oh, you, did you see the emoji? I just saw <laughs> the emoji. <laughs> I was wondering what you were laughing about. So for those of you on the podcast that can't see on YouTube, we'll get there eventually. I have the transfer class rank, and for Clemson, I just put a laughing emoji <laughs> because you know it's just it's Dabo doing Dabo things. He just That's right. It's just I, I don't even know what to say about that. So um, I just decided to have a little fun with that. So yeah, I mean it's it, this one is still here's here's what hap- what stands out with Clemson. So first off, you get them outside That's of right. Death Valley. Now That's you were right. able to go knock them off in Death Valley. And keep in mind, last year, they beat Notre Dame. They beat That's North right. Carolina. You were the only team to beat them in Death Valley last year. That's They're right. good at home. They are a different team on the road. 9-4, and 4-4 and four in the ACC, 2-3 and three in road games. Here's why Clemson is still a dangerous game. Mm. 2023 team talent rank fifth. That Gosh. roster is still Oof. loaded. Now, their offense has taken a big step back. 52nd yeah. scoring offense, 29.8 points per game. We know that Cade Klubnick is one of those guys that he he came in as a talented prospect. That's right. But he is a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. And so yep. unless they get that fixed, they're in trouble because they don't really have anyone else to go to at this point. Um, and their scoring defense was 30th, allowing 21.1 points per game. And I have a note here that says that was their worst their, their highest amount of points allowed since 2015. Oh, so that man. defense has steadily decayed since Venables left. And now in 2022, it was at 20.9. So just a shade lower. But again, you see the trend of how yep. that defense has gotten a little bit worse. And we're going to talk about that in just a second because I have some notes here. But the transfer class rank obviously <laughs> gets a laugh emoji here uh, for, because they haven't signed anybody. Not a no single one. person. Now, they have lost. I also have here that they have lost 10 transfers so yes, far. Six have. three stars, two four stars. Now, they do bring back their leading passer, their uh, leading rusher, because believe it or not, Phil Moffa was their leading rusher yep. last year. Uh, they do bring back their leading receiver, who I believe was a freshman, so he's not going anywhere anytime too, uh, soon. Then they lose their leading tackler, which that's kind of where I want to focus on things here. So we know their offense. First off, you have to say that they lost Bo Collins, who was one of yep. their better receivers. That's right. Uh, Notre Dame. You'll get to see him later in the season. That's right. They did lose Will Shipley. Yes! Yeah. Like, Finally! Exactly. Finally! Like, that dude's got probably kids in a mortgage now. He's got to go get a real job. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I'm sure he's got a, a master's, a PhD, and, and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I don't know who their next little white receiver will be that, that's going to play there for 15 years. But, you know, after Hunter Renfro and now Shipley, like, I'm sure they got someone waiting in the wings. Exactly. But they did lose some pieces. You know, yeah. they, they lost a couple of pieces on the offense. But the offense wasn't what scared you. It was the defense, the defense. that was so yep. good for them. Yep. Now, of course, we know we're going to find out. Like, last year – the Duke game exposed them. Now, again, a lot of that was what they did, turnover right. and things like right. that. But they kind of struggled a little bit to start the season. Now, they get Georgia this year. So we're right going to see that. just how good they are game one. But that defense, man, they first off, they lose Jeremiah, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. That's their leading yep. tackler. Excellent linebacker, declared for the draft. Uh, they do get the Barrett kid back. Um, I believe that's his name. He will be back. Barrett Carter. Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. He's a very talented linebacker, but they have pretty much now. Here's the thing. Clemson, when you talk about the team talent rank, they have recruited. They they are going to replace most. This is this is another reason why they don't really go to the portal. They are still replacing four and five stars with four and five stars. They yeah. still have a very high blue chip ratio. I mean, you don't see Georgia do a lot in the transfer portal. You didn't see Alabama do a lot, right. but they did something. Clemson does right. nothing in the right. portal. But they have lost basically their entire starting defensive line, their best linebacker. They've lost, I think, three cornerbacks and 
at least one or two of their safeties. So or their second or third best safety when you talk about Makuba. So that defense has a lot of pieces to replace. And right. you're also talking about a defense that's kind of decayed a little bit, like we that's talked right. about. So if it just for me, Clemson this year is going to be can Klubnik not be a turnover machine? Correct. And their offense finds some life without Will Shipley and, and without Bo Collins and with a still a receiving core that's not that dynamic. That's right. And then can their defense still be the Clemson defense that we know? With losing all those pieces, now they're going to bring in talented guys. They're going to have six games or five games or whatever they get uh, before that. Now they they do get Stanford before you, and I have a note that that's home because obviously that's traveling right. to California would make a difference. They have Wake Forest right. after, not a big deal there. But I think just getting them at home, finally having the confidence to know that you can beat this team. Because guys, right. I mean, remember it had been a long Seven time. Straight. Yeah, it had been a long time since you had beat them. So now the fact that you have that confidence, you got DJ as your quarterback. You know right. he's going to be motivated for this game. Now all the motivation can be great in the world. You can still get yeah. his face kicked in, but yeah. I think he's going to have a, a chip on his shoulder because they said he was the problem, and That's it right. proved that he was not the problem. So I think he's going right. to be very motivated for this game. This is going to be a big one. I'm sure it's going to be a, a sold out night game, depending on you know what Clemson does early in the season. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia, so they'll probably be a one loss team coming in. But if I had to pinpoint your win loss floor, this is one of the games that you put as the highest probability that you could lose. Correct. Just because they have a a higher talent ranking than Correct. you, they are still have a loaded roster. But man, I think you get it done at home. I, I just think you you are you have even with the unproven pieces. I just think you Clemson seems to be fading. Yeah. Where yeah. where Florida State seems to be climbing, and I, I think you've kind of passed them a little bit. So I yeah. think Clemson's still going to be a good team, but I think you get it done in Doak this year. Yeah, I mean this game. You know, <laughs> every year this game comes around, and you're you're like there are some years you're clearly like yeah we about to get our butts handed to us. Yeah, right. And then you have a game like 2021 where they go to Clemson and they're literally a screw job from the referee and a fourth down conversion from winning the game. Like right. and they they had no business being in that game, right? That was the Toafili yep. uh, toe touching on the sideline right. uh, game. And so yeah, they get Georgia at Mercedes-Benz. Let's just go ahead and call that an L. Doesn't matter who's playing for Georgia. That's probably right. an L, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're probably all playing for second place. Exactly. It is, what it, is. it is what it is. But then they got Appalachian State at home, which is a game that, man, Appalachian State, App State, they give people trouble, especially if your name is North Carolina. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Two double overtime <laughs> games in a row. So, yeah, that's – I mean, so you got that. Now they do get the bye week. So they got two games, the bye week. Then they get back-to-back -back games with NC State and Stanford at home before they come to Florida State. So, and and in theory, you have basically uh, five weeks to get that offense and defense figured out. Now, this is year two with Garrett Riley, who's the brother of uh, Lincoln Riley out at USC. Um, the offense did get better as the year went on, but you still had inconsistency from uh, Cade Klubnik and Klubnik. So. You're not really sure he's a, he's he's either a redshirt sophomore or a junior. I'm not really sure, um, but uh, so so this is third year of him. Second year is a full time starter. If this if he doesn't put it together this year, then is it Garrett? Is it anybody right. or is it Dabo? Right, that's the question becomes. Right. They went ten and three in 2022. They went nine and four in 2023. So as you said, you see the steady decline. Um, 
I this is the first game that's a toss up for me. Like I don't I want to pick Florida State because Florida State at, is at home, but it's right. also Clemson who has proven as they had the seven game win streak, they can yeah. come and doke and beat you. Uh, right. I'm going to give the slight advantage to Florida State because it's at home, because Florida State is on the climb and Clemson seems to be in decline. I mean, I, I remember listening uh, early, late December, early January about um, the the Clemson people, the Clemson media saying that they felt like this was the year that Dabble was going to take advantage of the transfer portal. It, it wasn't going to be as much, but, you know, kind of like in the veins of Georgia and Alabama, they look for right. that one to one to four, you know, me, immediate impact pro players, but they've done nothing. Right. And so like, I don't know if they're waiting for the spring to, to do that, but if not, then. I mean, yeah, if they could go out and get like a, if they could go out and get a wide receiver, I mean, it yeah. changes their entire perspective. Yeah. But it's still crickets. And, and so right. I, I love it. I love it. Don't I love it. Don't go get anybody, please. <laughs> uh, I, I do think Klubnik is a true sophomore because I think I, I remember his first year, he was a true freshman and he looked like a true freshman in some of those games. But, you know, still, it, it didn't seem to get a lot, a lot better throughout the season last okay. year. So okay. it will be interesting to see. Like you said, who's who's going to be to blame here? Because right. since Dabo's not had a really high-level quarterback, the success has kind of weaned there. Now, I will be at that Clemson game. I know that one's going to be huge. I can't wait for that one. Um, that's exciting. So He's listed as a junior. Yeah, so he's a real junior. junior. He's a true junior. Yeah. I told you guys. It is. Oh, this year. This year. <laughs> this last year. Yeah. Sophomore yeah. Year. So this yeah. Is, it's so yeah. hard to keep up. With. It's I'm so hard. I'm so ready for these COVID <laughs> years to be done with. I know. I know. I don't know who's coming or going. So the next one after that, you do get a bye week after yes. the Clemson game. So again, like we it's said, good. if it's a huge win or an emotional loss or whatever the case may be, you get that week to kind of rebound uh, before you go to back-to-back -back road games. And your first one is against the Duke Blue Devils in Durham, North Carolina. First game, uh, first year for Manny Diaz uh, coming from Miami. Well, he's actually coming from D.C. and, and Penn State. But right. you know him from his, his years at Miami. And, you know, I, the thing about them with Duke is they had that really good year and yep. then I thought they were going to I thought they were going to take a step back because that schedule I think was like 96 or something like that the, yeah. the year that they did good but they also had a little bit tougher schedule last year and they That's did right. I know Riley Leonard had a lot to do his injuries had a lot to do with that right but I still, I mean, I, I just think now, like if you had Elko again and they hadn't lost Riley Leonard, this game's immediately more interesting. But I think That's just right. starting over, uh, again, game seven versus Duke uh, on a Friday night on the road. For those of you that are listening, I will be at that game Let's in go. North Carolina. So, yes, any of you Carolina Knowles or whoever's in the area, um, hopefully we can put something together, meet up for that game. It should be a Friday night game. Yeah. So that should be fun as well. So I will be there. I've already booked the hotel. And so uh, I will see you guys there if you're going. So let me know in the comments if you're going, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, 2023 record for Duke ended up being 8-5. and five. Of course, we know their, their marquee win was against Clemson. And then they went four and four in conference play, six and one at home. So they had a good home record, uh, which included the beatdown of Clemson. 2023 team talent ranked 67th. So they're just still not where you are. Remember, you have never lost to Duke ever. Ever. So like that, that is something to watch this year. Now, again, you're going to want to, you know, make sure that 
you don't put that at risk. So, right. uh, yeah, so then you have the scoring offense last year, 68, 26.9 points per game. We know their offense wasn't great. A lot of it had to do with the Riley Leonard in, uh, injury. He's, He's at now at Notre Dame. He's more of a runner than a passer. Anyway, we'll That's talk right. about that a little bit with Notre Dame. Uh, scoring defense was good. Mike Elko's a defensive mastermind. I mean, he had a great defense at Wake Forest, great defense when he was coordinator there, great defense at Duke, 16th, giving up 19 points per game. But they lost some important pieces That's right. off of that defense. Now, their transfer class rank is down at 52nd, so they haven't picked up a lot, but they did nail it. I mean, I was shocked when I saw this, to be honest. I was like... Do what Malik Murphy <laughs> went where? Yeah, um, yeah, they did land a, a huge addition at quarterback. That is their one four star transfer, uh, and then three three star transfers. They do lose leading passer, leading rusher, leading receiver, and they do bring back their tackler. So, you know, again, when you and they also lost, I will say they lost their left tackle, Graham Barton, who is a uh, I believe multi year all ACC type of player. They lost some, some pieces on defense as well, especially on the defensive line, some of their best pass rushers. So with the addition of Malik Murphy, I think it really ups their it's, – it's almost like adding Cam Ward to Miami. Like it, it right. ups your win floor immediately because I did not expect that. That's right. I thought that maybe they had captured lightning in a bottle by getting a guy like Riley Leonard who was an underrated quarterback who ended up being really good. But without him, I, I you know, I just think Manny Diaz is a, a good defensive coordinator. He didn't do great as a head coach, but he That's had right. good defenses at Penn State. They had a good defense last year. I think Duke – will be uh, they'll remain maybe not the punching bag of the ACC like they used to be. I think they'll still be that kind of middle to lower third tier team uh, right. and, and you know why they why they start over again. You know, you just kind of feel bad for Duke having to like get a little taste of success and then their their coach bolts. Uh but at the same time he just waited for Jimbo to get fired and then he went That's back. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I, I think this is one where you go on the road, you keep the unbeaten record uh, against Duke and and I think you get a, a good win here and it's you know, I, unless Malik Murphy really just turns out to be that dude, I, I think you, you can probably get this one in a comfortable fashion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, Manny, it, I, you know, listen, Manny is a former Noel, so it's always really hard to um, to really be, like, against him. Uh, but he's, he's going to Duke, and <clears throat> they lost a lot. They lost Riley Leonard. They lost – I mean, that team – that team was very heavily dependent upon uh, uh, older players, grad transfers, yep. uh, seniors, um, and so they, they're they all gone. I mean, it was loaded with right. grad transfers and seniors, and they're gone. So this will be like – this will uh, – you know, the term like rebuilding. This will be a rebuilding year for them, but they got Malik Murphy. I mean that yeah. that dude's yeah. no 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 slouch. I mean he was a good yeah. quarterback at Texas. So you know I I'm not saying they'll they'll beat Florida State, but this is going to be a night game at Duke. It's a Friday game, and Florida State historically on Friday games, ugh, it's just not been a fun time for Florida State. Yeah, uh, and and Duke, you know that stadium uh wade wallace i think it's called wallace wade whatever it is uh you know it's not intimidating but you saw what happened when clemson went there last year they showed up they showed up and so florida state's gonna have to be ready because because florida state is coming off a bye week but the next week is miami right. week right yep. and so florida state's gonna have to be focused to get this win so that they can then Get into Miami. If they're thinking about Miami and all the trash talking, that's all that stuff. This is this is this is not this is number two upset central right here. 
Yeah, of trap games. Game. Trap I game. definitely put this at number two. And it really just depends on how the quarterback situation shakes out. Because right. like you mentioned, when you're dependent on a lot of those older guys, this is very akin to what you saw with Wake Forest. Yep. Wake Forest had their most successful stretch because they had so many COVID seniors. That's and, right. And seventh, sixth, seventh, ninth, tenth year seniors or whatever. When they lost all those guys, That's right. you see what happened. They went yep. three and nine last year. So uh, it could be a step back. But it could be a trap game with Miami on the other side. They did show up at night for that for that Clemson game. So we'll just have to see how that one plays out. But speaking of, you, you kind of led us into this one. The next game coming up, big one. This is, again, your only set of back-to-back -back road games. And at least they're, they're relatively close. But game eight comes against Miami. <laughs> now, it is on October the 26th. Of yep. course, it's down in Doak South. We know that. That's right. Uh, 2023 record seven and six. So again, you know, it's an improvement from five and seven. But again, it, it's not where they should be uh, for the amount of talent that they have. Three and five in ACC play, five and two at home. 2023 team talent rank was 12th. Scoring offense was 39th at 31 and a half points per game. Scoring defense 44th, 22.8 points per game allowed. Transfer rank is currently at 29th, one four star. And, you know, everyone everyone talks about all the recruiting prowess, but, you know, they sign a lot of three stars at Miami. That, that really jacks up some of their classes. So uh, nine three stars there. They do lose their leading passer, but the guy that they replace them with is probably better than what they lost. They do bring back their leading rusher, which was not really a game changer for them. Uh, Restrepo, their leading receiver, does come back. And then they do bring back their leading tackler. They do. Here's the thing about this Miami game, talking about tough stretches. They go to Louisville before Florida State. Now, Louisville has killed it in the portal. So I think they're going to be really good. I, I actually have changed who I think is probably going to be an ACC championship. I thought maybe Virginia Tech had an outside, outside shot to begin with. I, I still think they do. They return a lot. But, man, Louisville really loaded up. So I think they could be back there. And then the week after, they get Duke. So they get two rivalry games in a row there because, you know, that that annual Miami-Duke rivalry has, has become a thing. Uh, but they did lose – they're, they did lose one of their uh, better running back. They're, I called him RB3 based on production, but he was within 150 yards of running back one. So they lost a little bit of depth there. They did lose uh, their third and fourth wide receiver. They lost two offensive linemen. So there's a little bit of question marks on the offense there. On the defense, they lost both safeties, a starting defensive tackle, and a starting cornerback. So that, But, you know, again, man, this, this really, when I look at Miami, obviously Cam Ward raises their ceiling for sure. He's... But it's a kind of a put up or shut up year for Miami. First off, they have another just charm and soft schedule outside of the, the Florida game on the road in Florida State. Like they, they do have a tough schedule, uh, a very manageable schedule. I mean, a very soft schedule. So to me, this is a year where Miami should go nine and three, 10 and two, and anything right. less than that's a disappointment because you yep. have the talent, you have your quarterback now. There's no more excuses in right. Miami. You know, it's, oh, that's these right. are all these are all Manny guys. And I went that's back right. and I'm like, no, half of these guys were transfers that were brought in Correct. by Mario. So, Correct. but you've got your guys. It's time to put up or shut up in South Florida. I think this is going to be, and we talked about this before the show, man. A lot of people don't like to hear this. This is, to me, one of your top three, maybe top two hardest games on the schedule just yep. because – Miami does have that talent. But again, when you look at what Mario Cristobal has done, and, and while I let you share some thoughts, I'll see if I can find the, the notes that I have on it. 
they have been they have been the talent advantage team in so many games. Games, yep. And still lost. Lost. And so until lost. I see it from them, until I see them put it together, you know, when you look at what he's done without Justin Herbert, it's not been impressive. Nope. So again, we'll have to wait. I'm I'm with a wait and see with Miami. All the potentials there, easy schedule, talented roster. You got your quarterback. You know, you saw the things come out the other day. Uh, Jacuri Brown was on a podcast saying, "Yeah, that Cam Ward even really wants yeah, to be there." I know. I saw that. I was like, so, "You know, so maybe some culture locker room issues there." I don't know. We'll see. But I still yeah. think that I think this is going to be one of your top three hardest games because yep. it's a rivalry, because of the talent that they have and where it is. But I still think Florida State again. I th I think you have the coaching advantage, and, and I think that yep. I think they're going to get it done. But this could oh, be yeah. a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You're you're absolutely right, man. Miami, Miami, Miami. We hate Miami. Florida State is five and two since 2010 down at Doak South. Okay. Five and two since 2010 at Doak South. Um in 2021, Miami had the better team. Miami had the better team. And yep. Florida State, I know this was at Doak, but Florida State was up 20 to 7 at halftime on that better team, the more talented team. Right? Now that was uh I think that was Manny Diaz, so that wasn't uh Cristobal, but still it, it's just this thing right now with Florida State is on the climb. And outside of like you said with Justin Herbert, Mario Cristobal has proven to be a terrible coach. He can recruit the heck out of out of uh, out of college players like we'll give them that man they've won right. the recruiting national championship yeah. every offseason <laughs> for the last three years or whatever it's been i mean gosh i mean their fans the moment they get they got cam ward they got on twitter they were like oh we're gonna dominate we're you know hang the uh, banner hang the offseason championship banner okay but what matters is what happens on the field miami i'm gonna just tell you right. this right now now cam ward don't get us wrong everybody wanted him including florida state I mean, they held out because he was 1A, and as we know, DJ was probably likely 1B. They were pretty equal. But once it came clear that Florida State wasn't going to get him, they went all in on DJ. They believed that. Cam Moore went to the NFL. NFL said, eh, not happening this year. So then he held Miami hostage. So Miami had to break the bank to get him there because Miami was going to have some JV high school football player uh, play yeah. their quarterback for him this year. Oh, Puffinburger. Uh, oh, Puffinburger, right? So, yeah, like Cam Ward, he's electric. He's he yeah. he is phenomenal, but he is turnover prone. I can't even right. remember the. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's like fourteen fumbles a this lot. year. A, a lot. lot. Let's just go with fumbles, a lot. Sacks, interceptions, sacks, interceptions. Right. Yep. So for every, I, I forgot. I read somewhere it was like for every explosive play, there are three to four bad plays. I yeah. forget what the ratio was, but it was somewhere like that. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. And so the talent is going to be there. Let's make no word about it. This to me is another toss-up game. I would love to just go be fully confident. Florida State's gonna kick their butts. It's gonna be great again. This is gonna be a toss-up game. I give Florida State the slight edge because Florida State has proven consistently that they're prepared for this game. I mean, every game that every Miami game Mike Navarro's coached in, he's undefeated, right? Because I don't right. count the COVID year. He didn't exactly. get the coach in that one. He's undefeated. And until, like you said, I'm right there with you, Jesse, until Miami proves that they can actually coach up to the level of their talent, I'm always going to pick against them. 
Right, because they keep saying, well, you know, we're we're loading up now. It's like, but y'all have had talent for years, and you've just years. never done anything with it. And the, and the notes that I have is Mario Cristobal without Justin Herbert. And we can have a whole separate show on, on oh. the state of the big three coaching. I plan – that's one that's coming up. Without Justin Herbert, he's 19-19 and 19 against Power 5 teams, 3-9 and nine wow. in ranked games, 0-3 in bowls, 16-14 and 14 in conference play, which was including a 7-2 and two record in 2021 against teams that were 36-50. and 50. Wow. Now, when you talk about teams that are ranked higher than them in the talent composite, they have beat two, and they also lost to those same two teams, Clemson and Texas A&M. But when you talk about him facing teams where they had the talent, he is 10-11. and 11. Oh. has a losing record against teams that they have a better talent advantage in. Now, for reference, I understand that you can you can couch this a little bit because I'm not including the COVID year or whatnot, but over the right. last two years, this is the last two years, for Mike Norvell in 22 and 23 against teams where they are less talented, against more talented teams, Mike Norvell is 8-2, and two, mm. and against teams where they are they have the talent advantage against less lesser teams, he's 19-2. and two. So that right there kind of just tells you. Tells you right there. It's coaching. It's just, it's coaching, man. And, and and again, until I see it now, again, like you said, Cam Ward is a, a probably a higher, he's a high ceiling guy. Right. He's also a little but bit of a low floor guy. Yeah. Even as good as he was. Now I understand you're going to have more talent to work with it at Miami than he did at Washington state. They were still five and seven. Yes. And yeah. I think they won seven games a year before. So That's they right. weren't great with him. Right. So no, you know, if you have a guy, and that was another thing that came out in the Jacurry Brown interview, he said, now he didn't give a number, but he said, he said like, bro, if you saw the number that I saw, wow. And so yeah. I think it, I really do think it became a situation where Miami knew they were, you desperate. got to win this year. You have yeah. to win yeah. this year or else things might start to fade down there. And so I think they opened up the, the purse strings and they got who they needed to get. Right. But again, that also takes the excuse out with That's that schedule right. that they got. If they don't win nine or 10 games, it's, it's going to be, I'm not right. sold still. That's right. And, and, and just with, with, with Cam Ward, I mean, the, like you said, the, the ceiling is high for him. The floor is really low for him. Right. His, his range of, of good to bad is so wide. Whereas with DJ, his range is much closer where you, right. you, you almost know he has the arm for the explosive play. He can run. His problem has been the short, uh, the short to media, uh, accuracy, which I think Mike will scheme around to help that be, be better. Whereas with Cam, I mean, you're, you, you have just this wide, you're just like, I'm not yeah. sure which cam we're going to get. And I like knowing. With Jordan, you just knew. We're in this box. We're going to be good. I like that with DJ. Um, and, uh, you know, Miami's got some stuff to figure out. And to have that of a wide range of floor to ceiling with a quarterback, with yeah. somebody who has proven to be a terrible, who has ruined quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why did you come back to Miami to improve your draft stock? Exactly. It's, it's insane. He it, it came back for money. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he could certainly win you games, and that's Correct. the dangerous part with him. But he could also lose you games by yeah. turnovers and sacks and all that thing. So Miami's going to be a wild card this year. It'll be interesting to see. We'll see how things uh, play out after spring. But it's still, it's a loaded roster. They have a good defensive line and all that stuff. So we'll see. Uh, we'll visit that more later on. But now the next team coming up is your last ACC home game, yep, yep. and that is game nine against UNC at home. Drake May off to the NFL. That makes you, you feel a heck of a lot better about this game. <laughs> uh, November 2nd, like we said, at home, 2023 record, eight and five. Again, uh, just another Mac Brown special of a year where it looks like they have the talent. Again, look at this talent rank, 17th. They were more talented than Florida State and went eight and five. Uh, four and four in ACC play road games. This also gave me a little bit of vote of confidence here. 
one and three in away games. So you get them in Doak. Again, Mac Brown, he has never beaten Florida State as a head coach. So that is there as well. I mean, even remember back to what was it, 2020 or 2021, when they came in as a top five team and and lost to Florida State. So again, I, I, I always joke about the Mac Brown special, but it's a real thing. And so I've heard they've made some staff changes on the defensive side that should get things a little bit better there, but you got some things to replace. So their scoring offense last year was 20th, 34.5 points per game. Scoring defense was 75th, 27.3 points per game. We know they don't do well on defense. Transfer class is currently at 49th. One four-star transfer, six three-star transfers. And I got here that, of course, we know their leading passer is out. That was Drake May off to the NFL. Their leading rusher does come back. Yeah, but their leading receiver, I put he's not back, but I put an asterisk by that, and, and I'll explain that in a second. And their leading tackler is gone as well. Now, the reason I have an asterisk by that is because technically their leading receiver by yardage had twelve more yards. The his I think it's uh, JJ Johnson or something like that. He is back, but Tez Walker played in a lot. He played. He had uh, twelve less yards and five more touchdowns in five less games. Yeah. So he was by far their best receiver. So you just oh, yeah. lost a, a, a generational, in a sense, quarterback. You just lost a really talented wide receiver. But they do bring some pieces back. They get back their leading running back who had 1,500 yards on the Oof. season and 15 touchdowns. But I do want to point out, he had 253 rushing attempts. Trey Benson, for reference, and Toa Philly combined had 225. Mm. So, you know, there, there's... UNC again. Now they do bring in Max Johnson, who is probably going to be their starting quarterback. Yeah, very likely. I mean, he's got some talent, but he's never really put it together on the field no. a whole lot. So Carolina is going to have be a lot of guesswork this year. Yeah, uh, they go to UVA before you. They get a bye That's week right. after. It's it's this is game nine for Florida State. It's later in the season. You'll kind of know who and what North Carolina is. Yeah, uh, you know they, they've done pretty well with recruiting and stuff like that. But I just still and you look at the team talent rank. It's for 2023. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to be for 2024 yet. It's close. So they're close in talent. They didn't quite do what you did in the portal, but man, it just comes down to it's almost like Miami. Yep. They, all the hype in the world for North Carolina does not translate to their final season record. They just yep. still keep <clears throat> losing unexplainable games. And yes. so it, it's going to be interesting to see how North Carolina plays out, but I still feel good about winning this game. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't say this during the Miami one, but this connects to North Carolina. You know, Miami one of the one of the reasons I like Miami in October always is because over the last twenty years, Miami has proven they they're they're, they're what do they call front runners? They're front runners, right? right? They start hot, they fade towards the end of the year. Well, the same has been true with North Carolina and especially under Mac Brown. They start hot. Everybody's talking about them in that baby blue, you know, Michael Jordan. Oh, look at him. And then they fade towards the end of the year. I mean, last year they lost their last three games, right? Yeah. They lost three straight at the end of the year. Um, and Max Johnson, yeah, I mean, he's the, you know, the son of former Florida State, you know, uh, quarterback Brad Johnson. And so, you know, we try to be respectful, but he's he's been a game manager at LSU, at Texas A&M. He hasn't really been the quarterback that's going to go out and win you big time games. Now, could right. he put it all together and figure it out? Absolutely. That's possible. Um, they do get his brother, uh, Jake Johnson, that comes in as well. Uh, you know, Again, because this is after Miami, so this is a home game after Miami. You know, we're depending on how Florida State does at my uh, does at Miami. You know, they'll be jacked for this. They'll be juiced for this. The crowd will be juiced for it. Um, 
you know, I, I have Florida State winning this game, uh, but I, I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout, but I, yeah. I'll say that it shouldn't be. It should be at least two touchdowns uh, yeah. by the end of the score. I'm not sweating this one, but yeah. I, I still think, again, you need to see what they are. But right. you make a good point. I mean, this is still a team that comes in and they, they got a lot of preseason hype with, with right. Drake May. Double overtime against Appalachian State. Yep. You you beat Duke by two points in double overtime without Riley Leonard. Didn't even play right. in the game. And then, like you said, they go on to lose the last three games of the season and get absolutely smoked by West Virginia in the bowl game without right. Drake May. Without Drake so, May. Right. So maybe that's a predictive of your future. So we'll we'll see. I think North Carolina is still a, a TBD. It's a wait to see how that one goes. Uh, but I, I do like that one. I still feel good about that one. Now, the next game is probably what Oof. we would assume. Oof. The toughest, maybe the biggest on the schedule here. You know, originally it, it didn't start well. I mean, this is a Notre Dame team uh, that lost to Marshall a few years ago, but then they had a real big bounce back season. I am actually a big fan of Marcus Freeman. I think he's going to yes. he's going to do well there. I think he's a great coach. I'm glad they stuck with him and didn't kind of write him off early on. Uh, you know, for their sake, not our sake. But game ten against Notre Dame, eleven uh, November 9th, on the road. You have a bye week after this. Uh, so you can kind of just push all your chips into this game. They do get Navy before you and UVA after, so nothing crazy there. Uh, I I know the the Navy coach Nia Montalolo. I think I said that right. He's <laughs> now at, at San Jose State. I don't know if they're still going to run the triple option or not. He's actually an air raid <laughs> coach. I think yeah. he just ran it there for talent perspective. But you know, sometimes those triple option games can really beat you up. Uh, so that could be interesting there as well. But they did go ten and three last year, four and two versus ACC teams. You know they don't play in a conference. They were five and one at home. Team talent rank. This is what makes again. This is what makes Notre yep. Dame one of the more dangerous teams on your schedule. Talent uh, ranking in 2023 was eleventh. Their scoring offense, and this is what I talked about too. They're one of the more balanced teams on your schedule. Seventh unscoring offense, 39.2 points per game. Seventh in scoring defense, 15.9 points per game allowed. Transfer class, kind of middle of the road. Not great, not right. terrible by any means. Uh, coming in at 36. Two four-star transfers, six three-star transfers. Now, here's the big takeaway with Notre Dame. They got some questions to answer. Yes, they do. You see a lot of red on these boxes if you're watching YouTube. They lose their leading passer, Sam Hartman. They lose their leading rusher, the estimate kid. They lose their leading receiver. They also lost their third leading receiver. Uh, they did bring in Bo Collins, of course, and they did lose their leading tackler. They also lost two really good offensive linemen, Joe Alt, who was a first-team all-American. Uh, he's gone too. So again, man, they the thing with Notre Dame, they have the talent. I think they have good coaching. This is a team that that can be dangerous at home. You know, they're good. Obviously, we said five and one at home. Man, it, it just comes back to, and I will say the other thing, the running back that they lost, the estimate kid, had a 1,341 yards and 18 Man, touchdowns. He's a monster. They're, they're running back number two, 385 yards, one touchdown last season. So Man. you're losing 1,000 yards of production. Yep. And by the way, they have not signed a portal running back so far. So what you see is what you get unless they get somebody in spring. So That's right. Notre Dame is going to be your farthest road game, the coldest weather, the mm. one of the most talented teams outside of Clemson. This is the one everybody had circled before yep. we even knew the order that this was going to be the hardest game of the year. I just think it also is fortunate that they lose so much that yes. it gives you a little yes. bit of advantage. Now, of course, we know Sam Hartman's out. Insert uh, Riley Leonard from Duke. 
you know, everybody's indifferent. I, I understand yeah. Riley Leonard's a good quarterback. You put more talent around him, probably better offensive coaching. Uh, I believe their offensive coordinator is, even uh, came from LSU, and yeah. uh, Matt Housen was the guy yep. that was with the uh, with Jaden Daniels. So they actually gave him like a, a really great grade because they're like, oh, he's going to have great coaching. But I'm like, I get mm -hmm. that, man. But yeah. He's still more of a runner, and right. and like when you look at what he did against good defenses last year against Clemson and, and against Notre Dame, his numbers were pretty terrible. So right. I'm still in a little bit of a wait and see with them. I think he's obviously better. He, he's a good replacement, but they lost a lot, and I think that's going to help Florida State. This is the one I'm the most worried about. Yeah, but you know, I I still think if Florida State pans out to be the way we think they can, I, I think I think it's a winnable game. I, I absolutely I agree. I think it's a winnable game. Do I think they would win? That's the question. Yeah, yeah. Florida State is five and six uh, in its history versus Notre Dame. They're zero and two. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. They're two and three at Notre Dame, and they're zero and two at Notre Dame in the month of of December or of November. Uh, and this this this. I mean, it's not a rivalry, but it's just this game. Every time we play them, it's always just so tricky with them. Um, yes, they 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 finally Sam Hartman, you know, him and his three kids and his mortgage and 501 k there it's finally gone. Uh, but they get Riley Leonard. And and we saw last year at Florida State a hobbled Riley Leonard. So it's right. kind of hard to judge him um what we saw. Now, again, like you said, against better defenses, he really struggled. So He'll be healthy this time. He'll be at home this time. It'll be the cold weather this time. All those things. Um, I think Florida State will be better as an overall team. Notre Dame will have talent on the team. But I think right. Florida State will be a better overall team uh, as well. And let's be real. The last two, three times that Mike Norvell has played a Marcus Freeman defense, he has lit them the heck up. So you think about back to 2021 when they opened the season. I mean, put 40, what, 38 or 41 points on them. Yeah. Uh, you think about the two games back to back when Marcus Freeman was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati and Memphis with Mike yep. Novell's offense put up points galore against that defense. So I would imagine that this is going to be probably a, a, a high-scoring game. When I say high-scoring, you're probably looking at a final score somewhere with both teams somewhere in the in the high 30s, you know, low 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I would imagine. Uh, yeah. I'm I going – Notre Dame is coming off a bye week before they play Florida State. So that's key. They're coming off a bye week. Florida State is coming off of playing North Carolina, Miami, and Duke. So this yeah. is the toughest stretch of the season. The ACC did not do Florida State any favors right. here, right. Which, yeah. which, though, I think is good. And why I think it's good is because last season, Florida State had all of its toughest games were all spread out. Right. Now they're putting them all together in the middle of the season. This will keep the nation's eyeballs on Florida State, especially if they're winning, to see how well they do. This is going to be the toughest part of that stretch. Um this is a toss-up. I don't know. I don't know if I can pick this one right now. It's tough to say. I think you just got to wait and see after the spring to really kind of feel this one out a little bit better. Yeah. I will say when you look at Riley Leonard, had an amazing season in 2022, their breakout season at Duke. That's right. 2,900 passing yards, 700 yards on the ground, a ton of touchdowns, uh, 33 touchdowns, but they didn't play anybody. They right. didn't play anybody right. good. 
Last year, this was before the injury in the Clemson game and the Notre Dame game because he literally got injured on like the last play of the Notre Dame game. So you can count the whole game. Right. Um, against Clemson, 51.5% completion percentage, 175 passing yards, zero touchdowns, 98 on the ground and one touchdown. Again, he's a good run threat. Right. Versus Notre Dame, 44.4% completion percentage, 134 yards through the air, one touchdown, one pick, 88 on the ground and zero touchdowns. So he's not done good against right. great defenses. So yeah. that's, to me, what, what is really going to kind of be the X factor here. Um, and, you know, Notre Dame does have that history of kind of blowing big games. So yep. Yes, they did. It'll be interesting. But I, I do think, I mean, at least most of your tough games aren't, aren't like front-loaded last year with right. Clemson and LSU in the same month. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, this is a bit of a tough stretch. And I, and I guess I, I missed the bye week. I just looked at the team uh, before they played. But, yeah, I mean, that that could be a little advantage there. It's yeah. gonna, This is going to be a tough one. I mean, it yep. is what it is. Like, if you were going to predict 11-1 and versus 12-0, and it's kind of like I did last year. I, I picked them to to be 11-1 and with the road game at Clemson because right. of the environment, going on right. the road, the way things are, the talent that they have. It was all those things. Now, of course, I adjusted that when they got blasted by Duke. That's right. And and we could see Notre Dame play out a whole different way. That's you may right. not be worried about this game by That's the time right. it comes around, but at the same time, this is probably the one that you're going to point to that could be that loss, which stinks yeah. because it's late season. It is you know, playoff season, but it also doesn't count towards your ACC. That's right. So so it doesn't really matter. Like you can still get that automatic qualifier bid. Now game and, eleven, and it doesn't really quick, real quick, and it doesn't hurt if you are if you are. If you're undefeated at this point or you have one loss at this point, this doesn't knock you out of the playoff picture if you lose this game. Because remember, it's the top 12 that are going right. to get in. So Right, and you can still snag that automatic qualifier bid right. by winning the ACC. And That's there's right. a good possibility because, you know, when you talk about teams that get overhyped every year, or like a Miami or whatever, everybody's right. already like, oh, they're in the top whatever quarter to ACC. It's like, for what? For right. what? They haven't won in right. 20 years. Notre Dame is another team that gets love in the polls no That's matter right. what. So That's right. It's a good possibility. This is going to be one of your ranked games. I Honestly, man, looking at the schedule, I mean, it's if we're being honest, it's kind of cheeks. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. when you yeah. talk about the schedule. Yeah. So like with Clemson probably losing to Georgia, unless they upset them now, right. if they lose to Georgia, you might only have maybe about two, three ranked teams. Miami could yeah. get ranked. Maybe. Um, yeah. We'll see. Florida's going to be terrible by the time you get to them. We'll talk about that next. But let's just quickly touch on game 11. Not a whole lot to say here. Uh, game 11 <laughs> against Charleston Southern, 11-23 at home, coming off of a bye week after that Notre Dame game. This is one of those bye weeks that's kind of misplaced in the schedule that I really didn't love. But again, like I said, you're coming off that Notre Dame game. You get that extra week to basically prepare for Florida. You get two weeks to prepare. Well, really three weeks when you get game week. Yep. About three weeks to prepare for Florida and then the ACC championship on the other side if you've made it to that. And you'll already know at that point. So this Charleston Southern team, they were 4-7 and seven last year, 2-4 and four in conference, 0-5 oh on the road. Uh, now, I will say it was their first season under a new staff. Shouldn't matter with an FCS team. They did play one Power 5 team last year in Clemson, lost 66-17. to I did note that game was 24-17 to at halftime. Yeah. So they, they did sneak yeah. up on Clemson a little bit, yeah. but I think that was more to do with Clemson than, than right. Charleston Southern. This one should be a blowout. Honestly, we talked about this before the game or before the show. Like, you know, as gently as you can say this, I think from last year, the things that you that you learned this is last year remember north alabama was senior night and, and mike norvell said what am i supposed to do not play a, a right. senior on his last home game in doke because of the opponent right well it's not senior night this year no, florida is senior night so to me honestly you probably knowing what happened last year and you feel better about brock as your backup now 
then Tate, I don't know if DJ even plays in this game. I don't think you take the risk. I think he, that's going to be a lesson learned, and you have another game where they can get their last game at Dope. This should you should still run away with this one by 40, 50 points. So I'm yeah. not even with the backups. I'm not yeah. worried about this game in any way, shape, or form. This is a tune-up game before Florida. It is what it is. You win, you move on. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, you have any yeah. thoughts on this other than it should be a blowout. Other than it should be a blowout. Yeah, they lost 66-17 to Clemson. They lost 77-21 to to Western Carolina last year. Ouch. Okay. Ouch. Mike, Mike, listen. Mike, listen. Listen. Bye week. This is basically a bye week. Don't yeah. play DJ. Don't, Don't play, play anybody. DJ. Don't play anybody. Right. right. Like, give them two weeks. Play your backups. Play. This is a great game. If you're trying to prepare for 2025 being the the, the Brock Glenn era, this is a great game to give it all to him, right? Yep. Especially yep. if we're undefeated. Right. I want to see Luke Cromanhawk in this game. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Come on, Mike. And Mike. I, do th I do think this year you will see them – Try to prepare if they if they get the opportunity if they yeah. get up big in some of these games. I yeah. do think you'll see more of the backups playing yeah. because I think he knows. You just saw last year. You want to see not only the development come further along for those yeah. players, yeah. but you also want the nation to see them have a sample set. Where if again, it's not a fourteen playoff, so it won't be the same situation. Right. But maybe if Brock Glenn has a full game under his right. belt and a couple quarters here and a couple quarters there, then it's not so much guesswork because Tate really Correct. didn't play at all last That's year. Right. Um, other than like the Southern Miss game. So I think you will see them dig deeper into the depth chart when it is available to kind of build that depth and to let people know we do have players down right. depth chart that can play. So, yeah, to me, I, I would rest most of my starters in this game or or maybe I don't even want to say one series. I don't yeah. don't no, 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 um, no. You know, if you want them to play, go out, let them take a knee on first down <laughs> and then put the rest in. So um, but, yeah, you should win that one. You should you should feel good about that one. Like you said, just. I think you get that win, you get out of there, and you just try and avoid injury. That that's after last year, that's the biggest scare. So you just Absolutely. focus on that and get out of there. So now the next game, obviously, last home game in Doak, one of the biggest ones of the year, as always, game 12 versus Florida, November 30th, uh, Thanksgiving week inside Doak Campbell Stadium. Last year they went five and seven, three and five in conference. Away games were one and four, terrible on the road. So that makes you feel a little good there. Again, though, this is the same thing with, with Miami. 2023 team talent rank, 15th. So they got talent there. I mean, they it's I feel like to me with Florida, it's more concentrated talent at certain places rather than more spread out across the roster with, with Miami. But their scoring offense was 59th, 28.4 points per game. Scoring defense was 78th, not that great. Gave up 27.6 points per game. Transfer class rank, they they did pretty good in the portal this yeah. year. So top 25 they had transfer to. class. Right, they had to. Because uh, the, the seat's warm under Billy, and it's going to mm -hmm. be a tough year because of that schedule. But four four-star transfers, seven three-star transfers. They do bring back their leading passer, Graham Mertz, who, uh, you know, I'll eat a little crow here. He was better than I gave him yep. credit for. But, I mean, again, when you don't throw the ball down the field, you just dink and dunk, it's not hard to have good numbers. Not uh, you hard. do Right. You you do bring back your leading rusher in Montreal Johnson, but you also lost Trevor Etienne to Georgia, right. uh, your rival. So they were pissed about that one. Uh, but you do – so you lose a significant amount of production in, in the rushing game there as well. Also, you do lose your leading receiver uh, who decided to move on and, to, and go to the NFL. Um, and then you also lose the leading tackler on the defense as well. So they lost a wide receiver run, running back two. They lost two offensive linemen. We have one of them. Uh, and then they did lose on the defense. They lost 
they lost their defensive end, a safety, a linebacker, a defensive tackle, and two cornerbacks. So, yeah. you know, man, this is it's gonna. Now they have a talented receiver, a freshman receiver, who can put up some numbers for them. You know, but but losing some of the production that they did on offense, and just looking at that that schedule, man, it's gonna be brutal. I mean, when you talk about Florida, now here here's the interesting thing about Florida: if they beat Miami and, and they get them at home. There's a good chance they could start off five and zero. I mean, they got like Mississippi yeah. State, Texas A and M with a new coach. They could start out well, but buddy, Ooh. it's gonna go downhill fast. So first off, they get Ole Miss before you, who might have one of the best transfer portal classes out there right now. So they're they're gonna be a title contender this year. Um, then the SEC championship is the week after Florida State, so they're they're pretty much free that weekend. They don't have anything to worry about there. Um, and then, but you look at the schedule, man, coming off a bye week before Halloween, they get Georgia at Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida state. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if forfeiting would be better, (laughs) but (laughs) if you need to put in a, if if Billy needs to put in a PTO request, now's a good time to do it because (laughs) it's going to be ugly for that one. I mean, it's going to be bad. And, 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 and I'll say this, I'll kick it to you, but. The thing, the difference to me with Florida and Miami is they both have that similar level of talent. Yeah. Florida, I don't think Napier's a bad coach. And, no. and this is something, this is why I want to have that big three episode. He's just had an unreal gauntlet to go. I mean, yeah. they have had an insane amount of, of tough schedules, and 2024 didn't do them any favors yeah. at all. Yeah. So the back half of that schedule is absolutely brutal. So I think Florida is. You know, they're they can they have the potential to be decent. I mean, they got a returning quarterback, they got a good running back, they got some of these guys, but how invested are they? And we know it's a rivalry game, so they'll they'll be ex- excited about that, but they're gonna be on the road inside Doak Campbell Stadium, yeah. coming off of potentially four losses, could be your fifth straight loss. Ugh, that's yeah. that's that's a big ask for somebody. Yeah, especially yeah. if you have if you have a lame duck coach that I don't know. Maybe he he might not even be employed by then. If they lost four straight, I, you just don't know, man. Yeah, I just man, I I look at the schedule of Florida. And I'm just like, yeah, you could if you beat Miami, you could be undefeated, and everybody be celebrating and like, look, we're big and bad. And then that's six game leading to FSU. Six games leading to FSU are like. Tennessee, Kentucky, yeah. which has beaten them last three times. Georgia, which is probably going to smack them. Texas, LSU, Ole Miss. Oh, like the SEC, like must like n- somebody in that program did something wrong to to Greg Slanky. Because I mean, he that schedule is murders row. They didn't My do Napier goodness. any favors. Yeah, and I didn't even mention at Tennessee and Kentucky. It's just Gosh. they could be on a seven. They could they could lose the last seven games. Listen. Uh, and, and I would love it. I'm here. You know, I would. I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it. Here's the thing about Billy Napier, uh, or as they call him, uh, uh, Billy Taggart. Um, he's actually a pretty decent coach. I mean, he I can agree. develop players. He can recruit. So he has the opposite problem of Mario Cristobal, right? right. Mario can't coach and can't develop, but he's a great recruiter. Billy can coach and can recruit, and can develop. But I think he's a terrible CEO of a program. I mean, the dude literally went out and hired the Rural Creek store manager for his defensive coordinator, you know? I mean, like, that kid, that Austin, whatever his name is, he he just, yeah, he's just talking a bunch of gibberish and don't even know what he's doing, that they had to go out and hire a co-defensive coordinator. 
a yeah. co-defensive court. That basically means, look, I can't fire you because I owe you too much money. So right. I'm going to keep you on, but I'm have somebody else call the plays. That's basically right. what he did. Right, right. Um, special teams is a huge issue every time under Billy Napier. What are they doing there? Now, listen, I need you to keep doing it, but I'm just questioning. Exactly. What are you exactly. doing? Graham Mertz, as you, I eat crow, I, I'll eat crow. He's better than I thought. But also, when you deke and dunk down the field, are you are you really that good? You're basically running Wisconsin at Florida. So what is right. that? You know, I think I think by the time by the time they get to Florida State, I would imagine bit I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Oof, I don't know if I should say this. I'm gonna just say I would be surprised if Billy is still the coach by the end yeah. of the season. I yeah. would be very surprised. Yep, and I, I think you let them wear this one because you don't yeah. want to bring in a new coach to that Who schedule. Who you bring but, it in, right? But it, it's going to be hard, man, because they're going to—they're probably going to put together another losing season. I mean, unless they just absolutely sneak up on some people, and even right. then, I mean, even if even if you—I mean, I think if you put like together a seven and six year, or seven and five with that schedule, that's a—that's probably a win for them. Uh, I, I actually think he'd keep his way. job if he went seven and five. Right, right, and you know, you lost Pearsall was the guy I was trying to think of. He's actually. He was actually pretty good, you know. Yeah, I, I don't was. think I don't think Restrepo's great at Miami, yeah. but yeah, but I think Pearsall was pretty decent. But uh, Eugene Wilson is the kid I, I'm thinking of at receiver who is yeah. is a talented freshman. So they got a few pieces, but man, yeah. I unless they kill it in the portal in the spring, they're probably in trouble. Like I I, I envision by the time that game and Doke is over, like you know you know the the picture the meme uh, after the Popeye sandwich came out where the the workers <laughs> just sitting on the bench like holding their head. <laughs> Billy's just gonna be tired yes. at the end of the season, man. Yes. That, that, yes. that man, that man is gonna need like a, a cigarette and a strong drink a, after that last <laughs> six or seven games because it's gonna be, it's gonna be an effing of effort, of epic proportions the way that that schedule set up for them. So, like you said, I, I think oh, he, man. you know, he he must have pissed somebody off in the SEC. Office they didn't do them any favors. But you know, with that being said, I think you know you went in there and, and I know they had a freshman last year, yeah, and you had. Your backup last year, you still went into the swamp and beat them. Yeah, I think this year getting them in Doak Campbell Stadium, you know, I, I think that you feel like DJ Jordan was. I feel like was better than Graham Mertz. I think DJ is as good or better than Graham Mertz. So I, I think when you just look at that situation, I still think Florida State's going to get this one done. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I have this. Yeah. Get, I still think they get the win. You know, maybe if they weren't on the back end of a losing uh, of, a, of a tough stretch like that, maybe. But I don't know. So. With that being said, guys, that wraps up every game on the 2024 schedule. I'm excited for it. I think this is a very manageable schedule. I think it sets Florida State up to have another very successful year. You know, and with that being said, we'll wrap up the show with kind of a, a where we feel pre-spring win-loss prediction. Yeah. Yep. Because again, remember, guys, a lot of this can change. You got Keon Coleman in the spring. You got right. uh, uh, Dylan Gibbons in the spring. That's you can right. lose some people in the spring. There's a lot that can happen between now and then for you and other teams. You know, once we get to take a look at them in the spring game and see what how the rest of the portal season shakes out, then we'll kind of be able to do a more yeah. accurate assessment. But as of right now, Michael, I think I think my ceiling again is, and this is pending on staying healthy, of course. I think your ceiling here again is 12 and 0 in 2024. Yeah. I think your floor is probably nine and three. And yeah. that's your that's your absolute floor. I think anything below nine and three would be a disappointment. I think, yeah. you know, and and again, some people might not uh, like the comments, but I'm going to, I'm just being honest guys. I mean, this, yep. this is, I, I try to have credibility here. Um, you know, I hate Miami as much as everybody else. Absolutely. I think your three, your three toughest games that, that make me sweat a little bit is, is Notre Dame, Clemson yep. and Miami. Those That's are the right. three that I Those worry about. Yep. Um, you know, but outside of that, I, I think you, you get Clemson at home. I think 
you got a little rebuilding to go on at Notre Dame, and then Miami just still has not put it together. So I'm feeling like a probably an 11 and one season as yeah. we stand right now until I get to see things in action. I think again, nine and three is your floor, 12 and 0 is, is your ceiling, 11 and one is most likely. I think you, you should be able, as long as you get past Clemson, I think you should be able to make it into the ACC yeah. championship. You don't play Louisville, you don't play That's Virginia right. Tech. Um, you don't play NC State. Like it, the ACC schedule was great for yeah. you this yes. year. So yes. as long as you don't have any upsets that you weren't planning on, right? Yeah, you know, and you never obviously they call it upsets for a reason. You weren't planning That's on right. it, but I, I think it. I think it's probably going to be Florida State, Louisville in the ACC championship again. Again, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think the ceiling is twelve and zero for sure. Um, and I think the floor is nine and three. I think if you have a season that's worse than nine and three, um, again, an eight and four season, which is what I originally was thinking, it's not a bad season, but you're, you're just left with a sour taste of like, oh man, you know, like right. those, whatever those two losses or three losses were, you know, that, that likely means that you, you either lost all of Clemson, Miami and Notre Dame and somewhere you got upset if you're at eight and right. four, right? Yep. Um, it'd be weird if you won all those games and then lost the ones you shouldn't have lost. Uh, right, right. And I will say real quick, if you think about it, it also matters how it plays out. That's because right. let's just say you drop one of those three games, that's right, not name Notre Dame, and you lose Notre Dame because of the divisions, right, are gone now. If you have one ACC loss, there's still the potential that you could make it into the ACC Correct. championship and then into the playoffs as a 10 Correct. and 2 team. Correct. Correct. Yep. That's a really good point. Um, I'm with you at the same time too, as well. Right now I have, because I don't, because we don't have as much information um, as we, we need on Notre Dame and because of the history, I'm, I have that down as a loss right now. So I have this down as an 11, one season pre spring. Now, after spring, when we know what the roster looks like for Notre Dame, when we know what Florida State looks like better, when I'm going to watch that, Notre, I'm going to try to watch all of the the big three games, spring yep. games, so I can yep. watch as well. Um, once I kind of know that, then I'll be able to 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 confidently say this is what I think the season could be. Yep. But right now, pre-spring, I have them at eleven and one with a loss to Notre Dame going into the ACC championship game. Right. And, and I think it, you know, again, it is hypothetical to right. some point because remember last year I was like, okay, Clemson's going to be tough. And, and I've right. heard 11 and one. And then you see him lose to Duke and you're like, okay, we're going 12 and 0. It is what we're it is. 12 and 0. But that game still went to overtime. That's in, in right. Clemson, so you That's just never right. know. But yeah, I think there, we'll learn a lot after the spring and the spring portal period. But again, this schedule to me, I give it like a seven to eight out of 10 yeah. out of happiness. I didn't expect that from the ACC for sure, but I think this sets you up for a great year. It's a very manageable schedule. Yeah. You know, I think your road games are very manageable. You get a lot of uh, good home games here that, that you feel good about winning. And, and so, man, I'm excited. I'm ready to get into it. That's right. Um, I, I know I'll be at Clemson and Florida and the Duke game. So hopefully I can see there. I know you'll be at every home game. That's uh, right. I'm going to try to be off at least for every game so we can hit up the post game shows for all these this year. I'm just excited, man. I, I it's so fun to start talking about it already. Yeah, I know it's absolutely. like 200 and something days away, so it still feels like forever away, but but now you're getting to where like you can really start to get excited. You can start to book your hotels. You know, yep. it, you might have taken out a second mortgage to get a That's hotel right. in Tallahassee, <laughs> That's uh, right. which is ridiculous, but you know, now you can really start to put pen to paper to, to figuring things out. And, and that's what's exciting about this next season coming up. Yeah. And I'll just say this one last thing. One of the things I love most about this is last year, you remember after the bye, Florida State had nine straight games. Yes. And as yes. you saw the injury toll, the offense really started to go. I mean, the offense was trending downward before Jordan got hurt. 
Um, and then and then it got hurt, and then it kind of fell off the cliff there. So what I love is that you have three buys, though we would have loved them to be placed just a little bit differently. Right, right. You have these three buys now that now you have these markers. So where if you have injury, you you have these strategic uh, times in the season where you can rest those guys, where you can get those guys healthy. So now you're not going nine games and you're just trying to piece together an offense. So that's what I love most about this schedule yes. too, that it, the way it sets up. Um, and so if you do go undefeated again, man, now you should be right. You should be going into November. Mike Novello has always said, man, you should be playing your best ball in November. Well, this schedule actually sets up for that to be possible. Right. Hopefully you're not going into like an ACC championship game with offensive linemen that almost have to be carted onto the exactly. field, let alone off the field because they're just so beat up. So yeah, I think that's a good point. I think the two bye weeks is good for the health of the players overall. I think it's good for the sport and that week zero game gets you that third one. So that's right. I think it sets up really well. You know, I, I think it's very manageable. Like I said, you miss some of the tougher ACC teams. Right. You don't have that crazy out a conference schedule. Now, again, you know, the next couple of years, you got Alabama, Alabama, Georgia, Ooh. Georgia. So yep. we'll see what Alabama is. That's going to be interesting. That's right. Kind of kind of uh, experiment there to see how that goes but overall guys it, it sounds like it's going to set up for another successful season and we can't wait to bring you coverage of it all season long so if you've watched this long guys and you've enjoyed the show please like and subscribe uh we would have greatly appreciate that we have passed a thousand subscribers so we thank you for that also check out alumni hall fsu new season you're going to need some new gear that's right go check them out get 10 percent off with code spear at their new location 1415 timberlane road as well as online at alumnihall.com thank you guys so much we're going to have we're going to work on some shows coming up uh we got some fun stuff planned for you guys so make sure you check back for that but as always guys thanks for tuning in thank you for watching and go oh, no. Noles.